I are have... you sure you're recording? No, I'm looking at it right now. Don't <laughs> point at me like that. And, and the I... dogs? The dogs the are dog... gone? Roomba is back in her cradle. The dogs are out of the room. The wife has gone upstairs, and everything is ready for another fine show. <laughs> All right. Now, I've got myself, of course, the G&B Miracle Martini, and with our executive producer, Vanessa Zoli, joining us on this episode. Vanessa, what are you drinking? Gin and my homemade tonic. You and your homemade <laughs> tonic. Who makes homemade tonic? It's way do better. You, <laughs> do, you, do you have one of those, uh, what do they call those? those something springs. The soda streams? Soda streams, yeah. I do. I, I have that, one. Is that what it is? No, no. So this is actually there's a there's a whole f- fermenting process. So I have to buy all special ingredients, and I have way too much time on my hands. Oh, you Clearly. are too. <laughs> Clear, yes. Because no, listen. How much is a can of tonic? Right. But there's a huge difference in the quality. Tonic tastes terrible wow. no matter what. A yeah. huge difference. Oh, fine. <laughs> all right. Shall we get this show on the road? Yes. Let's try. From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, simulcast on shortwave radio and Citizens Band 14, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. Okay, Google, uh, show me what you got. The GNB studio is overrun with new gadgets. We'll find out if the Pixel 2 XL is enough of a sexy beast to convince Alan to jump ship from iOS. I am vulnerable. Ace producer Vanessa Azoli joins us from the Google events. Google updates its low-end virtual reality offering. We'll tell you why the daydream is a nightmare for anybody who easily gets motion sick. Plus, on this week's Ask Alan Anything, how the Las Vegas massacre will change the way we attend concerts. Opinions are like iPhones. Everybody's got one, and nobody cares about yours. And now, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. So, Vanessa, they had the big Google launch of all their new toys, and, of course, I had to be at work on TV, and Alan had to be Mr. Radio. So, of course, we sent you down there, and I think you were the only female journalist present at the Toronto launch. There were a couple that triggered in after the fact, um, but yes, for the most part, I were was the only Were they in female. from other cities? <laughs> no, they must have been. <laughs> yeah. So this was, for, this was for the Google Home Mini, or what was this for? The no, Pixel it was 2? the whole launch of products. Oh! So so okay. All of them. The Google Home Mini, the Pixel 2. Uh, what else is there? There's the Pixel, uh, or there's that, um, the Home Max, the big speaker. There's the Google Daydream VR. That was there. There was the uh, the Pixel Buds. Um, so that's where they announced all of the big products. Wait, were the Pixel Buds, are the Pixel Buds the ones that translate languages it simultaneously? Sure in- yes. I have to have one of those. Okay, so here's the thing. is Google sent the GNB headquarters a massive collection of these toys. And among the toys that we were so looking forward to but did not get were those Google Bud earbuds that translate 40 different languages. They say it's still coming. So this episode, we're going to review the toys we did get. Mm-hmm. All right, Alan, what did you get? I've got nothing so far. Oh, Sad trombone. I have a Google Home from back in the summer, but I do not have, um, there have been no deliveries to my house. I'm apparently getting a Pixel 2 and a couple of other things, but I don't have anything. So I'm just going to sit here and listen to you guys. (laughs) Okay, now I am not an Android guy. Neither are you, but 
uh, Vanessa, you are in fact an Android user, so the we're gonna set this up for you. The Pixel Two phone. I actually really like it. So I've been using it as my phone for about forty eight hours now. Um, I switched over the SIM card and everything, so I've, it's my primary phone. Uh, there's definitely a couple of differences. Um, some stuff that you guys are already used to, the no headphone jack. So that's something that I haven't been used to until I got that. I didn't even notice this doesn't have a headphone jack. <laughs> yeah, so it came, it came with uh, the adapter to be able to do that. So that's going to take some getting used to for me. So well, wait, um, wait, what is the jack? Um, it's USB-C. USB-C. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, look at Can that. you believe well, that? Well, you got the same case no. as me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they sent me an Earth case or or a live case, I think they call it. And I was really excited because I thought it meant that when I changed the wallpaper on my Pixel phone, it changed the case. But no, it's just plastic. <laughs> <laughs> what you can do is I was playing a little bit. So they had so there's a code on the back of that case that you okay. can register. And then it'll change the background on your phone. And when you double click on the background, it'll actually bring you to Google Earth. And it'll show you where that image is from. Okay. Um, great. That was All cool right. for about 20 minutes. <laughs> I was just going to say, how long did that keep you yeah. occupied? Yeah. No, just until I figured out where it was from. And I've already forgotten. So. Now, here's the thing. As, a, as an iPhone guy, my big problem is, is that I am really quite upset with how good this phone is. Because it's running circles around my iPhone in a bunch of different areas. Wait, hang on. Is it running Oreo? Yes. Yes. It's running Oreo. What's the build quality like? It's fantastic. I, I love the size of it. It's it's really great. It's sturdy. Um, the screen is Have great. Have you dropped it yet? Not yet. I'm very careful H- with my phone. Hang on. Hang on. Here we go. <laughs> oh! Yeah. No, it's still live. Yeah, no, it still works. See, this is the thing. I wouldn't dare do that with an iPhone. You drop <laughs> no. an iPhone three inches off the ground and it's in a million pieces. No, it's great. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, the lack of buttons on the bottom is another thing that I'm getting used to. Um, I've had I've had a back button on my phone for the last six years. Oh, okay. So the idea is that they originally did have hard buttons at the bottom, but now it's this it's soft buttons. Yeah, so okay. that's things I'm getting used to for me. Um, I love the physical size of this phone. I, I really do. It's, it's a huge the difference. The XL? Yeah. So this is the Samsung phone. I don't know if well, you okay, guys can see it. Hold it up a little bit more. I can't see yeah. it. Hold it up. Hold it so, up for all the listeners. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's probably a good half inch in height uh, between the two phones. So I've got my Samsung here and then the, the Google Pixel XL. So the size difference is is nice. How about the bezel? Is there much of a bezel? There's almost nothing. Yeah, here you can sort of see it right here. Oh, look at that. Okay, it's actually quite um, quite good. The only weird thing about it is that there is at the base about a quarter inch, and at the top as well, it feels like it's not properly centered on the bezel. I don't know. Maybe it, it's just me. It's just weird how there's so much extra room at the top and the bottom. It's not as bad as, as the iPhone 10, who's got the devil horns at the top with that chunk kind of taken out. Yeah. So I, yeah. Once, once somebody told me that, hey, look at this screen. This phone has devil horns. I've never been able to unsee that. <laughs> okay. So again, as an Apple user, who's uh, very much entrenched in the walled garden that is iOS, I have noticed a few things on this phone that I really, really wish Apple had done a long time ago. First of all, it always has the clock on the screen, even when you're not using oh, it. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I've had that with yeah. my Samsung for a while. I, that's not rocket surgery. That's not brain science. Just do it. 
how many times do you turn on your phone to see the time or to see if you have a message? And right there, right. you don't even have to do it. It's just sitting on your desk and you don't even touch your phone. The other thing is, is they put the fingerprint reader on the back, unlike the iPhone where it's on the front. Show, show me where it is on the back. Oh, there it is. Okay. And I have to tell it's yeah, right, right there on the center where it's natural for your index finger to touch. It's not natural for any other finger to touch it, just your index finger. But the speed at which this unlocks the phone is easily three times faster than my iPhone. And it has worked every single time. I would say about one out of every five times my iPhone doesn't unlock and I have to manually enter the passcode. And heaven help you if you're cooking and you've got a little bit of something on your finger. Oh yeah, you're screwed. What I did is I at first I had only, because I'm right-handed, so I had programmed my right index finger for that. And then, but when I was out the other night and I had, um, I carry my purse on my left side. So I noticed I had to grab the phone out of my purse, switch hands. So then I programmed my left index finger. And now no matter what I do, it unlocks instantly. And so for the past 48 hours, it has not once not recognized either of my fingers. Okay. I have a couple of other questions. Again, I don't have any of this stuff. I got shipped bugger all. So I'm depending on you guys to tell me exactly what's going on because I still have my iPhone 6S. I am on the fence about what to do next. Oh, come on. You know what you're doing next. Okay. Now you have until 3 a.m. Friday, 3 a.m. Friday, Eastern Daylight Time to convince me to do anything other than buy the iPhone X, iPhone 10. No, I knew that's exactly what you're going to do. And that's and that's that's the plan. That's, that's the deal. Do it. But what? You're not switch. You're not switching to Android. Come on. Listen, I'm very vulnerable right now. When it comes to <laughs> I'm having battery issues. I'm Ooh. having, you know, a battery. I have a tremendous amount of battery anxiety. Whenever I see my phone drop below 70%, I start to get nervous. And I know that's zero. Seven zero. I know that's stupid. I know that. But I would like to know that my phone is going to last me the entire day. Okay. And Tell I cannot do here. So I, I've got this part of my phone right here. It says the last full charge. So I pulled it off my charger 11 hours and 43 minutes ago. I'm at 44%. All right. That's good. Is it wireless charging? Uh, no. No. So you oh. still have to plug it in. Or, does, or does it actually have wireless charging? That I never checked. Uh, it doesn't come I, with it in the package. No, it doesn't. No, but the wireless does, charge. Does it have the Qi standard? I, I can't imagine it wouldn't. Did you say Qi or QI? Well, it's well, it's. Is it really? I didn't know. Yes. That. Yes. Okay. Thanks for the update on that. Okay, so here's the reason why you're going to get an iPhone 10 and not switch to the Google Pixel. It's the exact same reason that I am sticking with the Apple operating system. It's that walled garden. That wall is incredibly high. If I am going to make the switch to Android, despite the fact that I'm telling you that this thing runs circles around my iPhone 7, um, I would have to replace three smartphones, two tablets, a video streaming box, and for all intents and purposes, swap out my Mac for a PC. That is an incredibly high wall to climb to get into the Google world. I, I suppose you're right, especially since I'm looking to expand my Apple footprint with another Apple TV and with HomePod and whatever else comes down the road before the end of the year. So, Okay, but let's pretend, let's pretend for a second that I am swayable and we are doing an A-B comparison of the iPhone 8 or what we think the iPhone 10 is going to be and Pixel 2. So I'm going to be your audience 
Go. Sell him on this. <laughs> okay. So screen resolution number one. Um, it's it's fantastic for for anything that you're watching on the phone. Um, the camera is unbelievable. So it's apparently, um, according to the the specs that they sent over to me, it's the highest rated smartphone camera by DxO Mark with a mobile score of 98. See now the Apple the iPhone has always scored very well with a camera. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will tell you that they don't take cameras on vacation anymore because this is almost as good as a digital SLR mm-hmm. in, in, for, for most people. So are you saying that this camera is better than oh. what you have on your Samsung? It is absolutely amazing. So they have something called... Is it better than, is it better than what you have on your iPhone? Michael? Uh, yeah, it's better than the iPhone that okay. I, I've got right. right now. All now, right. think about this, though. The Pixel 2 XL versus the iPhone X. Um, you've got the same 12-megapixel uh, wide-angle uh, camera lens on it, but the X adds telephoto and uh, f stop of 2.4 so i i have a difficulty arguing that the pixel 2 would outpace the x because the pixel 2 has an f-stop of 1.8 with a four stop so if you want to get into nerdify the the camera you're probably going to see the x better than the pixel 2 but the pixel 2 is better than the 8 we're dealing with digital zoom here not uh, not mechanical zoom of any of any kind i think you have to go to the 8 plus to get that Right, or the iPhone X. Now, on video, the Pixel 2 will do 4K video, so will the X, but the uh, video is up to 60 frames per second on the X, and it's only 30 on on the 2. So when you're taking your videos of your pooches, uh, you're not going to be able to slow them down as much for the funky look that you like to do. All right, fair enough. How about call quality? When you put the thing up to your ear, what does it sound like? It sounds fantastic to me. I mean, but I've been, I've been using Samsung for a while and I've never had an issue with it ever. The Pixel 2 doesn't have the charging, the fast uh, wireless inductive charging that you're looking for in the iPhone X and the iPhone 8. But it does have fast charging generally. If I understand correctly, this will charge up to 70% of your battery life, something in like 5 to 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah, and it, they actually say in, in all of the stuff that they've been sending over, they say that it'll give you 7 hours of moderate use um with a 15 minute charge there you go that that's the answer right there all right that that makes me feel better how about and this is something that i really discourage how about the sound of the external speakers and the reason i ask about that is because far too many people listen to music through the speakers on their phones because it's good enough yeah so (laughs) not for you not for me, no. And we'll get into that in just a bit. But how does it sound through the external speakers? Uh, stereo speakers, I imagine there's two of them? Yeah, there are two. Uh, one's at the top and one's on the bottom. They're front-facing, which is nice. You, they're never muffled. Um, that was a problem that I had on, on my previous Android. Or, yeah, my previous Android, where it was on the bottom. So, you know, if I held it weird, it would muffle the sound. Or if you had a case on. Absolutely. But not not in this case. This case doesn't cover it. And and I didn't even notice until you had pointed it out, uh, Vanessa, that there is a slight slit at the top and a slight slit at the bottom. So that gives you that stereo speaker capability. Oh, so that's the where the bezel, uh, where the... Uh, the that's sp- why there's oh, no screen. Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, a little cleaner than what we see on the 10. True. Because, again, that, that chunk out of the top is a little bit unsightly. I, under, I understand why they put it there. I agree. But it's a, it's a bit, uh, it, it mars the overall look. I th- can't believe Johnny Ive signed off on that. But anyway, go ahead. 
One other really cool feature is you guys, I know, have been both using the Google Assistant with your Google Home devices. Yes. Uh, I've got two here in my house. I've got the regular Google Home and the Mini as well, which is sitting a couple feet away from me. Listening to everything you say. No, they they disabled that. Uh, Okay. You squeeze the side of it, and it'll activate Google Assistant. Ooh. That seems gimmicky to me. It does. Uh, it does. But I was able to um, I was able to change the settings so that it doesn't activate when I say those words. I don't want to say it or else this thing's gonna start going. Um, but if I start if I say the cue, <laughs> it's not gonna automatically, you know, um, update for me. So now I have it. If I squeeze it, it'll turn on for me and I can either okay, type I kinda like or I say kinda it. like that. I kinda like that because I'm still a bit um Self-conscious about going Google. Oh, you said it. But no, we're on headphones. Uh, we're on headphones. Yeah, good. but everyone who's listening who <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> did you see? Did you see the South Park episode where they were actually messing with smart speakers? That was funny. where they were deliberately doing it and getting people <laughs> yeah. to buy things over Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we had that problem with the Siri command as well a little while back, and every time we said. Siri, it actually popped up and started screwing with everybody's phone. So from this point forward, that's why we are bleeping out uh, the trigger commands, which unfortunately makes it sound like we're being really rude to Siri and Google. (laughs) So the way that they explained to me when I was at the demo on October 4th is they've actually been able to use uh, learning in the device itself that they can tell when a human hand is squeezing it um, as opposed to a case or whatever else. So it can tell when you're squeezing it to to activate the Google Assistant. As opposed to it getting wedged between a couple of things in a purse or something. Yep. Right, and so it's you don't have to worry easy. about it getting wedged in your purse, Alan. The cases right. that come with it, actually, you guys can probably see the listeners cannot. Yeah. But the cases that come with it um, allow for the squeezing. As wait, well. wait, they come with a case? Well, the ones that we received. No, they gave us a case. Okay, okay, okay. Something that you may not have gotten that I did... Is this the mm-hmm. Google Daydream uh, VR? I did try one at the event, though. Yeah, okay. So this is their second run at uh, virtual reality using Google's product specifically. Google came up with something called Google Cardboard, and they called it that because literally it was a cardboard-based box you slid your phone into and then stuck it up to your noggin, and that's how you got the VR 3D. This one is um, the version above the more higher end that they had come out with about a year and a half ago or so. So this is version two of their sleek, hip, new way of getting dirt cheap VR onto your face. And the problem is, it's just awful. <laughs> awful in what way? Are you getting uh, the latency? The uh, Are you getting sick? What? Well, when you used to look at those 360 degree videos where you swipe your mouse back and forth and just to look around at something in, in regular on, on, on a desktop computer or what have you, and it gave you that weird warping effect. Yes, yes. It exists in here. When I turn my head, everything in the corners has a weird warp to it. But what's even worse than the warp is everything also gets ever so slightly blurry until I stop moving my head. What the hell? I was at something called Taves this weekend, which is a massive audio video gadget show. This was at the Congress Center in uh, the Toronto Congress Center. And uh, I saw some VR stuff and... None of it is very good. 
it's it's this is my problem is that um, if you go low end with VR, it's not very good. And my fear is, is that most of us are going to be exposed only to the Google cardboard based virtual reality daydream type stuff, not the Rift or the Vive from HTC. And people are going to say, oh, well, this is crap and not experience something that has a greater fidelity than that at some point down the road. And we're just going to blow off VR. Next thing you know, it's going to be dead. This is the thing that killed 3D television because that was a big trend uh, three or four years ago. But anybody who sat watching 3D TV using those stupid glasses that they had, after about 20 minutes, no matter what product you were using, you had a headache. And 3D television is pretty much dead. I worry because VR is has got so much potential. But because the stuff that's making its way to the consumer isn't ready for prime time, for some reason they're rushing up this technology before they've got it right, we're going to see the same thing happen with consumer VR that we saw with 3D television. In Google's defense, using the Pixel phone, you don't get something called the screen door effect to the degree that you get with other products, whether it be even with a Rift or, or a Vive. Uh, the, the density of the Pixels is substantially improved on this particular device. So there's one thing that they've improved, and, and that is that feeling that you're looking at the world through a screen door. Uh, and the blacks are blacker, the whites are whiter. It's excellent on that front. The fidelity is good, but it's that barfy kind of warping in the in your peripheral vision combined with it going blurry every time you turn your head that tells me that this is not the VR you want to show everybody. You want to wait a little bit, and I'll tell you when you want to wait until... Oculus, the people behind the Rift, the high end, and also the people behind the Samsung Gear VR are coming out with Oculus Go in 2018, which is a fully self-contained headset similar to what you get out of Daydream, but you don't need to buy an $800 smartphone. It's going to be $200. It's going to have the high end screens inside it to take advantage of the new fidelity that we get with the the, the screens that we've got in, in this phone. And you don't have to have a $1,200 PC. I strongly encourage anyone who's thinking about dropping a hundred some odd bucks for the the Daydream VR, wait to see what Oculus is coming out with that doesn't require a $1,200 PC, doesn't require an $800 smartphone either. It's 200 bucks and you get access to an incredible world of Oculus software. I'll tell you where things are going to end up. Five years from now, what they're currently developing for the military in terms of VR and AR, is going to finally trickle down to the consumer level. I have seen some stuff, and I can't tell you where I saw it or who showed it to me, but some of these VR goggles that the U.S. is testing out weigh four ounces and have zero latency and have absolutely no distortions in the field of view whatsoever. Super snappy, very fast, high resolution, lightweight five years. Vanessa, thanks for going down and representing the big show. Mm, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Vanessa Azoli is the executive producer of Geeks and Beats. Time now for Ask Alan Anything. We have one of these? We do. Okay, go ahead. Got a question about music, love, that suspicious rash? Ask Alan Anything. Call 323-319-NERD. Hi guys, Mike from Burlington here. I have a question I want to ask Alan. Uh, in light of yet another concert attack and more deaths, 
while at a venue, are we maybe approaching the point where the live concert is going to become a thing of the past? Or whether or not the cost of putting them on are going to become so prohibitive that it might just disappear? Just wondering. Thanks. Enjoy the show, guys. Okay. This kind of leads back to my VR thing that I was talking about just a few seconds ago. There are a number of companies that are working on trying to recreate a live concert environment for people who don't want to get up off the couch. For example, I would love to go to Glastonbury, but I do not want to walk through the mud. I don't want to deal with the the drunken stoned Englishman. I would rather sit on my couch with this thing on my face, enjoying the show in full fidelity, both video and audio. I think that with the concerns that we're starting to have with security, we are going to see an acceleration of companies getting into that space. A couple of reasons why. First of all, there's the obvious one, Las Vegas, everything that's going to be the fallout from that. The second one is everybody is making their money touring these days. Nobody's making money from sales. Nobody's making money from publishing. Nobody's making money from um, streaming. So if you can get more people, even... If you can get virtual bums in seats to see a Beyonce show, for example, or a Guns N' Roses show without actually having to move people through time and space, uh, you know, you can see somebody like Live Nation or uh, AEG get into this thing because, hey, you want to go see, you know, Guns N' Roses play Frankfurt. Well, you don't have to go to Frankfurt. You can actually... Put on your high-end, military-grade VR visor and uh, get involved in, in, in the concert as if you were there. Now, again, what I was talking to some, somebody about is that these uh, VR experiences are highly augmented. For example, if you're sitting there watching the show, all of a sudden the set list comes up. All of a sudden the lyrics come up. Uh, maybe the guitarist is sitting beside you playing the guitar. You know, all kinds of stuff is going to happen so that while we, we will still go to live shows and we will have to deal with enhanced security. I mean, they're talking about drones. They're talking about bombs, more bombs, stiffing dogs and all everything else. Uh, we are going to enter an era where you don't have to leave the house. And frankly, I'm all for that under certain circumstances. If you've got a question for Ask Alan Anything, fire us off a message via social media, Geeks and Beats on Twitter. Leave it on the Facebook page. Got a question? We've got an answer. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine. This is a GNB News Update. At geeksandbeats.com, the top story of the week. The people have spoken. Robot sex is coming, and we're cool with that. Jay Moon reports that Blade Runner 2049 and replicants be damned. Americans are starting to think getting your groove on with a sex robot will be a not-too-distant occurrence. Has this ever been broken down by sex? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a dude thing. It is a dude thing. And here's the other thing that I'm thinking about, is robots... Okay, this is... Robots can't refuse anything that you ask it to do. So essentially, robots could bring out the worst in human beings because basically it's machine rape. Do you see what I'm saying? Your car isn't giving you consent to drive from point A to point B. Totally understand. 
However, this technology gives people to do gives people license to do something that they wouldn't do to a human being. That kind of creeps me out. Do you see what I'm saying? One in four men would consider having sex with a robot, according to the recent study out of YouGov. 58% would not consider in the male camp. And in the female camp, 71% said there's no way I'm having sex with a robot. Over at GeeksandBeats.com, Matthew Smith, top story number two. The top 10 Ontario bylaws you had no clue you were breaking. This keeps coming back. This was from August of 2015. Oh, God. What have I done wrong now? Number 10, you can't drag a dead horse down Young Street on a Sunday. Number 9, in Oshawa, it's illegal to climb trees. Number 8, in Kanata, Ontario, you can't paint your home or garage door purple. Number 7, when you visit Guelph, Ontario, you can't pee in public. 6, don't buy or rent a house in London unless you're willing to invest in a lawnmower. If you think you're up for uh, painting a wooden log, number 5, you can't do that. That's a fine. 432 and the number one it's illegal in Ontario to have your license plate covered or obstructed even if you have a Geeks and Beats frame cozy are you kidding me I kid you not who gets pulled over for that? I'll tell you exactly who's pulled over for that. GTA resident Chris Rowe was ticketed three times by police and each time received a fine of 115 bucks. I mean everybody I mean those dealer plate things that they those dealer frames that they put illegal. on you. oh you've got to be kidding nope and the third most popular story on geeksandbeats.com this week comes courtesy of Shane Alexander. We've come a long way. The five inventions that changed music, including auto-tune, the Yamaha GX1 synth, and number one on his list, in 1931, we introduced the long-playing record. Yes, and we talked about the long-playing record being introduced again in 1948, but not by the people that invented it in 1931, which was RCA. They let their patents expire. Columbia Records came along in 1948, introduced it, and scooped RCA with their own technology. Over at Geeks and Beats, we've got the world's worst intern program where... You pay us $1 to work on the show, don't do any actual work, and we pocket the cash and say thank you. We want to say thank you this week to Michael Harvey, who donated $1 an episode with a zero lifetime limit. Don Woodall has a $5 per episode contribution to the big show with a $105 limit, so that's 21 episodes thanks to Don. And Cameron Galbraith with a $1 per episode, no limit. Brennan Tan has a $187 limit, so we've got him for the next 186 episodes. And... Last time, we had Drake the Dog as the co-producer of the world's biggest podcast. Ash Chopra, thank you so much. You're still the co-producer. 25 bucks means his name is on the album art. And if you've got a pooch or a cat, we'll put your fur baby, as you were calling it last time. I did. <laughs> on uh, the, the cover, if that's what you would like. Because he said a zero lifetime limit, despite us frequently saying, put a lifetime limit if you don't want us to ding your credit card till kingdom come. So, Ash, thank you so much for being such a big supporter of the show. Okay. I got a couple of things I want to tell you about this Taves show I was at. Taves, I don't know. I have no idea what Taves stands for. T-A-V-E-S. Let me guess. Toronto Audio Video Enthusiasts Show. Okay. Am I close? I don't know. Okay. But let's let's go with that. So what they had at the Toronto Congress Center was a number of rooms and suites set up with some of the most incredible audio gear that you've ever seen in your life. I saw a turntable that was about as high as, oh God, it must have been about three feet high. 
and it's retailed for about forty thousand U.S. dollars. It was a piece of art. It was fantastic. Well, for forty grand, it better be. Well, I saw a pair of JBL speakers, eighty thousand dollars. There's no for the pair. Oh well, that changes everything. Oh, that yeah, right. And then the cable that you could buy. I mean, an eight foot. <laughs> piece of cable was six hundred dollars oh it's definitely a monster cable uh no <laughs> it was it was not monster cable and i have to tell you i did make a couple of purchases the first and i i bought these things they were not given to me if you are in the market for a new pair of earbuds mm. i highly recommend that you look for a the quad driver from one more that's number one m-o-r-e one more they are the best sounding earbuds that you've ever heard in your life, and they're made of titanium, really good. And uh, I'm using, I don't know if you can see them right now, I have my new Hi-Fi Man headphones to replace the ones that I had here in my studio. Uh, they are absolutely excellent. You can wear these things for hours without your ears or your head getting sore. They are so glossy, I thought you had a pair of little LCD screens on the side of your head. Yes, yes, they are glossy. Look at yeah. that. Look at yeah, that. That's adorable. Anyway, we were there with our musictechnology.ca meetup. Uh, we are going to have another one of these things at Toronto City Hall on December the 14th. If you want to learn more about, you know, getting together. And you got to come out to one of these things because it's your people, man. We've talked about this. I never leave the house. I know. I know. But December 14th, it's going to be not too far from you. It's going to be at Toronto City Hall. Um, and if you want to get involved, musictechnology.ca. There's always free food and beer. Oh, well, that changes that, too. See? Over at GeeksAndBeats.com, we've got the swag store. We wanted to give a shout-out to Jody McKay of Calgary, Alberta, who bought a GNB Miracle Travel mug of traveling. You will not be disappointed. I have had mine for how long? Five years? Six years? Since we started the show. Since we started it. I still use it every single day. It is the best travel mug that you will ever have. I got one for wifey, and uh, I brought it home, and I gave it to her. I was so proud. And she says, thank you. Um, but I, I'm not really not a fan of walking around with, with merchandise that has, you know, promotional branding on it. You're not going to be offended if I never use it, are you? Thanks for the support, dear. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't mind supporting the big show, we get a couple of bucks for every one you buy. By the way, if you'd like to be a part of the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, we are looking for a video editor to create 60-second teaser clips from these recording sessions. We record the big show via Skype with the video. We see each other, as obviously you heard earlier in the program. I would like to take our social media to the next level. If you are interested in participating in that, we'll send you all the video uh, from each episode every time we put one out and you can find the, the best 60 second clips that we can put on uh, the, the Twitter feed so that people get a taste of what this is all about and uh, a little behind the scenes as well. Okay, that'd be fine. I guess it means that in a 30 minute show, the pressure's now really on to have at least 60 seconds worth of material. <laughs> Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes and watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you to be part of next week's show call area code 323-319-NERD follow the stories on twitter or facebook and get your dose of geeks and beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com just got an email from birdie madoff <laughs> personal email 
Yes, as a matter of fact, apparently he's uh, very remorseful and has millions of euros in offshore accounts that he would like to share. Uh, 50% will go to me. 50% will go to the building of churches and mosques. Wow. How have you not already given him transit numbers? I know. I know. (laughs) The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.